Thanks for joining us for the Anchored Daily. This fall, we're learning from Ezra, Nehemiah, and Haggai as we consider how God would have us remain faithful, obedient, and hopeful no matter what comes our way. Hi, everyone. My name is Matthew Hassler, and welcome to today's Anchor Daily. Today, we are going to look at Nehemiah's prayer in Nehemiah 1, 5 through 11, and how we can model our own prayer life based on it. One problem many people have in their prayer life is everything's about them. It's overloaded with supplications and asking God for something, but it's very little else. Nehemiah's prayer is the opposite. He has something really big he needs to ask God for for favor as he asked the king for time off and money to build a defense wall for an often rebellious people. This ask likely won't go well. And if it doesn't go well, it could cost Nehemiah his life. Nonetheless, Nehemiah's prayer is centered around God, not himself. In fact, he doesn't get to his actual request until one line at the end. Years ago, I was studying Nehemiah, and that truth really struck me. Since then, I've actually used this prayer as a model in my own devotional or quiet time. Using this model has helped me to have a more robust prayer life and to keep my focus on God, where it belongs, instead of on me. Let's break down the prayer and how we can use it as a model. The prayer starts with praising God. It begins, Lord, the God of the heavens, the great and awe-inspiring God who keeps his gracious covenant with those who love him and keep his commands. Let your eyes be open and your ears be attentive to hear your servant's prayer that I now pray to you day and night for your servants, the Israelites. When doing my quiet time or almost any prayer, I now start it with praise and thanks to God. Our prayer should rightly start with God in mind and remembering who he is. Often as I start to pray and reflect on how good God is, I start to realize how not great I am. That makes it the perfect time to switch my prayer to one of confession and repentance. That's exactly what Nehemiah does too. Let's read on. He says, I confess the sins we have committed against you. Both I and my father's family have sinned. We have acted corruptly towards you and have not kept the commands, statutes, and ordinances you gave your servant Moses. Often, we confess only when we have a specific sin on our mind that we just committed. But confession should be a regular part of our prayer life. When we do our own times of confession, we shouldn't brush past it and quickly move on. Spend time reflecting on what sins you have committed by commission or omission. Reflect on sins that you have committed without even being aware of it. All of these sins should be taken before God. Biblical confession doesn't mean just dwelling on our past, though. It doesn't mean beating ourselves up over and over again. No, it should instead remind us of the grace of God and how loved we really are. It's at this point in my quiet time that I turn to the promises of God. This is the time I will pull out the scripture and study whatever passage I am reading through that day. If it's just a time of prayer, I will use this time to reflect on how God's promises mean I have forgiveness and grace. For Nehemiah, he models that for us by looking back at some of God's promises in the Old Testament. Let's read it. He says, Please remember what you have commanded your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and carefully observe my commands, even though your exiles were banished to the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place where I have chosen my name to dwell. They are your servants and your people. You redeem them by your great power and strong hand. Nehemiah looks back at God's word and sees a promise of hope. Finally, Nehemiah gets to his actual request. 
It's just one verse at the end. It says, please, Lord, let your ears be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to that of your servants who delight to revere your name. Give your servant success today and grant him compassion in the presence of this man. At that time, I was cut, the king's cupbearer. That's it. Six verses of praising God, confessing to God, and reflecting on his promises in one verse of supplication. That's a much healthier balance. For me, this is where I go to my prayer list and pray for all the things that are on my heart. Often this includes prayer for the application I saw in the passage I just studied. By the time I get to the supplication, I'm more grounded because I'm reminded of God's goodness, my own sin, and his great promises to me. This allows my prayer of supplication to come from a place of great confidence and faith. I know the God who I am praying to. So my friends, let me encourage you today to try the Nehemiah model of prayer. Give it a try and see if it can help you have a more robust prayer life and fuller quiet time like it did for me. Even the model isn't what you choose to do. Let it at least challenge you to properly shift your prayer focus off of you and back to God. To Him be the glory. Let's pray. Father, we praise you today for being a God who hears our prayers, for being a God who invites us into His presence and listens to us. We confess today that far too often our prayers have centered around us instead of you. We thank you that you love us, forgive us, and invite us to experience a greater prayer life with you. Help us to apply what we have learned here so we can become more effective prayers. Amen. Thanks for joining us again today. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to encourage each other through God's Word. Also, make sure to drop a like and subscribe so you're always up to date on the latest Bethel podcast. Don't forget to go to Bethel.ch to check out all the amazing opportunities to connect and serve here at Bethel. Have a blessed day.